Welcome to Individuality Unleashed. I'm Vern Trimble, Senior Director of Marketing at Wonderkin, and we're happy to see you again today. Uh, we're all about helping retailers drive more awareness for their brands, attain more customers, keep those customers, and ultimately drive more revenue for their business, all without having to use third-party cookies and ultimately being able to use their own channels in order to do that. Today, I'm joined by Richard Jones, our CRO, and we're gonna be talking about a super important topic today. It is inflation and the retail recession. So we don't want you to get nervous. This is a very topical, very important conversation that we're gonna have, but we're gonna share some real serious insights with you guys today and hopefully provide some value and some calm in the face of the storms and all these headwinds to help get you through uh, some of the challenges that we'll face uh, considering this impending uh, recession. So Rich, thank you so much for joining us today. How are you? Good, sir. Very good to be on Individuality Unleashed again and looking forward to dig into such a depressing topic. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it is. It is serious. But we are going to supply ways to get through this depressing moment and this depressing topic with humor and a lot of actionable insight and value uh, that our viewers and listeners can take back uh, to their marketing teams to, to help them uh, overcome this, this hurdle. Sound good? Let's do it. Sweet. So all signs, as I said, point to a recession. Uh, just checked out some stats from the Fed, and they said uh, that there has been a 6.4% inflation increase over the last few months. Uh, and which, the rest. And <laughs> the rest. Right. <laughs> which, and this is a cool stat, which was also the last time uh, since January of 1982 that inflation has been so high. So just a point of reference, I wasn't even born yet, so... Yeah, I was forty-three. <laughs> well, not quite, but I can, I can tell you this isn't this isn't my first uh, reflect, you know, inflationary cycle. That was most of the uh, my childhood was uh, in a in a really tough inflationary cycle. So it should be good for you guys here that we we have someone here that has experienced this yes. and is not making it up. He knows what's going on. So uh, prices obviously are increasing, and it's impacting consumers as well as brands. Um, Rich, what I'd love to start with today is understanding and having you shed some light on the current market landscapes, landscape and what retailers should be thinking about and considering uh, considering these economic uh, headwinds. Right. Well, let's, let's start with an example to, to set the scene. So recently, cosmetic brand Revlon filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy protection. And they're a household name, right? So it sparked yeah. a lot of concern that more retailers will be next. Skyrocketing prices, of course, have decreased demand for certain goods and pushed consumers to rethink their priorities, which is troubling for retailers who find themselves sitting on inventory that they may no longer need, also on the back of all these supply chain delays to get the inventory in the first place. That's really tough, Rich, you know, just trouble on top of trouble. So right. what, what are we looking at right now? Well, what you typically see in a recession, of course, is that prices go up, sales go down, which can lead to job losses, stagnating business growth, and even bankruptcies. So it's particularly hard for small family-owned businesses, as they often lack the resources to weather the harder times. The only thing that's really weird about the situation we're in right now is that, of course, we haven't got the job losses yet. We, we ha I mean, there, there is some job losses that, for, for companies that be tying their belt, but, belts, but overall, the job market is still very, very good. But many larger retailers are also facing challenges that might make it tough to face a recession. And increasing debt, unfortunately, is also one of those things that's weighing in right now. Uh, mm. To the slowing revenue growth, the squeezed margins, the higher business expenses, and a slump in sales. 
Yeah, so it's, it sounds like it's an ebb and flow. It's something that we've experienced before, um, but certainly something that we could handle, I assume. We'll, we'll get yeah. to that, but can you give us a little bit more insight yeah, on I like mean, the, the, the so, scene that we're in? So, I mean, you know, if you think about it, like re- retailers that have um, weaknesses, right, mm-hmm. in the foundations of their, uh, their IT and supply chain infrastructures are particularly vulnerable, uh, and yeah. struggle to cope with the, the lack of in-store traffic or perhaps a, the demand on digital or the instability in the supply chain. And this is all happening on the back of issues on the product supply side with lockdowns in zero COVID China. Right? Mm. We've moved on from COVID, but of course China's right in the middle of these zero COVID uh, lockdown policies, which are right. delaying shipments to the US and the hike in prices of raw materials is following. So the price of cotton, for example, has more than doubled in the last two years, causing issues for fashion retailers in particular. And polyester is also an issue because it's derived from oil. So is it just abundantly clear how this could be impacting retailers? I mean, their textiles <laughs> at minimum right. is being impacted by all of this. Yeah, and this is, there was also this threat of, of the so-called stagflation, um, mm. which is when slow economic growth, usually due to high unemployment, occurs simultaneously with rising prices due to inflation. So if retail sales do drop right, and unemployment will rise, we could end up in a stagflationary scenario. So overall, it's, it's a pretty tricky situation with many contributing factors. But retail prices are increasing unsustainably and inflation, unfortunately, is likely to continue well into 2023. Mm, so all in all, challenges ahead. And yes. we, we honestly can't avoid it. So the thing that I'm interested in learning right now is how does inflation or how will inflation impact consumer behaviors? And I'm certain our brands would want to know that as well. Right. You know, and it, it, as the cost of living um kind of really starts to squeeze um, with all of these price rises, all this inflationary pressure. Consumers obviously pull back on spending as they wish to save money in times of uncertainty. Unfortunately, there is a very, very large percentage of the US uh, population that only has um, about around a month of available um, capital if, if, you know, to pay their bills, if if something goes wrong and they have job losses. So people are going to need to save uh, yeah, in order I, to, to weather this uncertainty. Yeah, and I mean, I imagine that can only get worse. Like it's like prices are going up and for the most part, businesses are either uh, not increasing salaries or for some folks in certain uh, geos in certain industries, they're losing their jobs. Yeah, no, 100%. Now, now a report by the MPD group showed that in the first three quarters of 2022, consumers bought 6% fewer items than they did last year. And more than eight in 10 consumers plan to cut spending in the next three to six months. So it's definitely happening. Yeah, yeah. So can you can you give us more about like what customers are thinking about as far as like the resources they have to even be able to weather this storm? Well, unfortunately, um, many customers have been relying on their credit cards Mm. to keep up with the rising prices. We've seen that um, in many places around the world, which is why consumer debt levels are nearing an all-time high. And this also isn't sustainable. So it's likely that soon customers will be forced to cut back drastically. And when they do, retailers will need to be prepared because it's going to affect their sales. Now, consumers aren't buying just fewer items, they're also shopping less often, which means retailers also lose out on impulse purchases. So consumers really have a choice here and they're, they're going to make those choices based on what's available to them. So that's, that's certainly something that retailers should keep in mind. 
I would imagine. Yeah, but let's face it. Also, you know, this isn't a kind of one size fits all um, issue as as things are today. The extent to which inflation affects consumer behaviour d- does depend on 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 demographics, mm-hmm. which is where knowing your customer really is key. Americans with lower incomes are really feeling the pinch right now, whereas now for at least wealthy consumers in places like Europe and the US are continuing to splurge on luxury goods. Mm, that's really interesting. I, I mean, that's when you think about the demographics of your consumers, you really have to kind of split your mind and understanding like how should I be communicating with them considering the economic hardships and the economic hard times that a, a lot of our consumers are facing or the ones that aren't facing the yeah, economic and, hard and, times. You know, and it's infecting industries differently. Right? Home mm. goods, fashion and department stores are likely to come under the most strain. The Commerce Department reported that furniture and home furnishing retailers, electronics and appliance stores, and health and personal care chains all saw month-over-month declines. And another report showed that retail sales plunged 20% from February to April, with fashion seeing the largest decline at 89%, followed by department stores at 45%, which is why, Vern, I am doing my bet bit to help the fashion industry with the purchase of this new melon hat which i love by the way you're gonna have to send me one you you won't <laughs> uh, you know you won't you know i'm not gonna get run over by a car crossing the road with this on it <laughs> no it is I, I imagine it's super reflective so i, I can imagine <laughs> your, your nighttime jogs you'll be all fine um but i'll joke again all jokes aside like we want to we want to balance out the seriousness and the humor but this sounds really bleak rich like it like i can't understate it and like we can't you know shirk about it but i want to talk about how we could potentially find a silver lining in this dark gray cloud if you will um are there any opportunities out there like are there positives for retailers during this recession 100 percent. there always Mm. is Um, okay you but you just have to look harder for them so past recessions have taught us that they expose existing weaknesses, right? They accelerate emerging trends and they force organizations to make structural changes faster than they otherwise would have, which is why uh, recessions are always very furtive grounds for um, innovative thinking, for the launching of new business models, for creating new companies, launching new brands. I myself started up uh, my company that I sold uh, a few years ago uh, in the Great Recession, 2009. So it really is a time for creative thinkers to get unleashed. Uh, And this is particularly true in the retail sector. During the Great Recession of 2008-2009, e-commerce flourished while Mm. brick-and-mortar retails declined. And that was a trend that continued after the economy recovered, of course. And certainly a lot of people picked up on that trend and were able to make that strategic shift to, to take advantage of those opportunities. Yeah, now clearly the situation is a huge challenge for retailers, right? We don't want to uh, pretend that it's not. And the industry is likely to look much different than it did before as we come through and out the other side of this recession. But those who take on the challenge and successfully adapt to new trends could well emerge stronger and offer their employees, their customers, and their key stakeholders a brighter future. I love it, Rich. Well, so... What I want to know is what does that look like? You know, you talked about the, the company that you built during a recession, uh, a recession being a time of f- fertility, if you will, and innovation and ingenuity. Can you talk about the kinds of things retailers uh, could do to sustain business and marketing performance and even grow during a challenging market? 
Yeah, well, the, the most important thing is to go where the headroom is. And headroom mm. means you don't have a market share minus a market share that you won't get, right? In tough mm. times, retail leaders can, you know, fall into the trap of trying to do everything at once and launching too many initiatives that don't actually drive a real business impact. And this can be a big mistake at a time when your budgets, your time, your resources are more limited than normal. Mm. And getting the highest return on those resources is actually what is paramount. Retailers need to understand where their headroom is and then form a strategy to actually get at it. And of course, you know, it's a bit of a shameless plug, but this is something that we do at Wonderkind, you know, which we do normally in a normal economic times, but it becomes even more important in a recessionary time. And that is we help retailers and brands deliver more return on ad spend and we encourage in our customers and our prospects to think about finding out in their Google Analytics and all their other packages what's the the weaker performing paid media they have. Mm-hmm. Translate translate that over to Wonderkin, and we will guarantee a much much higher return on that ad spend through uh, you know exposing a new uh, revenue uh, performance channel that they ha- they're not used to or they have not not been do very well and actually take that and and do it on you know turbocharged on steroids and really delivering great results and it's all it's all about being the most efficient you can with the yeah. spend that you have so that's that's really key. So should should brands be thinking about acquisition? Should they be thinking about retention? Like what's the focus there? Yeah, I mean it, you know it, a lot of customers will focus. Oh, okay. Downturn, it's going to be hard to, to 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 get new customers. Let's let's really focus on our most loyal customers, and mm-hmm. you know that makes sense to a point. Um, but the thing is, you're already getting you know a substantial amount of money out of your most loyal customers. That's why they're the most loyal customers. Yes. And if they suddenly start spending twenty five percent less because of the recession, most of that will come out of what they spend in your stores or online. And that's why actually your most loyal customers are not necessarily your best source of revenue growth in a recession. That's so um, interesting. Mm. Yeah, and you think about it, you're unlikely also to succeed in stealing customers who are mm-hmm. fiercely loyal to other retailers as well. Your best opportunity is actually for revenue to look at who are the switchers. Now, these are the people who spend money both in your shops and elsewhere. And if you take, say, of what they're spending today, but you Mm -hmm. manage to increase that to 30%, you'll achieve a net gain even if their total spending drops by 25%. So then how how do we do that? How do we figure out who those people are? Well, to do that, you need to identify the people that are shopping with you and with other retailers and then figure Uh out what they're buying elsewhere or what they want and can't find at all, and then Mm -hmm. adjust your offer to meet their needs better. And one of the best ways that you can do this is understanding your customers better that do come to your uh, online channels and engage with you there. So identity is increasingly important. That's that's really phenomenal. Rich, again, more more incredible. What else can you tell us about this uh, about this time? What what else should retailers be looking at? Well, I mean, of course, we, we can't talk about any of this without considering the significant acceleration of digital that we saw during the pandemic. Right, mm-hmm. retailers have had to be nimble and meet consumer needs in new, more convenient ways, such as buying online, picking up in store, curbside pickup, and delivery, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. 
Now, consumers are open to new digital experiences. We saw that in the pandemic, whether it's virtual payments or online grocery order or delivery. Retailers that have the systems in place to offer these options are faring better than others. And I think we're going to see that uh, accelerate in a recession. Um, but to do that, you need to, you know, you've got to have solid supply chain and IT infrastructure to roll out new digital experiences quickly. And retailers without that solid foundation must fix that leaky bucket hole quickly to mm -hmm. survive what's coming next. That's good. Leaky bucket hole. Yes, that's because that's what's happening again. Bleak. But are so many great opportunities you just highlighted to us, Rich. Oh, there there any, is, is there anything there is else? Other that, yeah, there okay. is one other that we should also mention is that, you know, Mergers and acquisitions are okay. also uh, increase uh, 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 in recessions in terms of there's going to be a lot of companies that wouldn't normally ordinarily have put themselves up for sale um, being forced to do so. And I think if, uh, you know, if you've got a keen eye on looking at the opportunities to, to add what are actually great businesses they're just being mm -hmm. under undue pressure because of the uh extreme nature of what happens in a recession um you know there's great inorganic growth opportunities for well capitalized uh, businesses so we'll see much more of that as well in the coming months that's amazing and, and excellent exit opportunities for those smaller businesses that have invested a lot. Not always excellent in a, in a recession. But Not always excellent, but there, there's a silver lining is what I should say. There is, there is a, an opportunity somewhere baked in okay. all of that, <laughs> I should say. Um, so th this, is, this is great, Rich. And I think uh, everything that you hit upon is, is certainly valuable to me uh, as a marketer, but I'm certainly hope, hoping that it's valuable to the brands out there that are looking uh, for strategies to help them ultimately uh, weather uh, this looming storm. Um, I want to shift gears just a little bit real quick on a topic that is near and dear to all marketers' hearts out there uh, from a company that is, uh, you know, had its humble beginnings, but continues to dominate the news cycle with any utterance of a change or uh, any semblance of, 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 of evolution. Uh, we hear about them and I want to talk about Google and this third party cookie deprecation that they keep, uh, yanking us along with. Um, as you know, Google pushed back deprecation of third-party cookies for a second time to 2024. Um, and ultimately, this gives marketers, for me, in my opinion, an opportunity to get their ducks in the row and really leverage uh, solutions uh, that, uh, that harness first-party data as opposed to third-party data to drive ultimately drive their, their strategies into the future. What would you say to brands that are dragging their feet right now uh, as they wait for this uh, deprecation to actually happen? Well, it's definitely happening. You can only kick the can so far down the road. <laughs> you know, right. the, the privacy hasn't gone away. Ad tech disruption hasn't gone away. Legislative pressure uh, mm -hmm. on those things hasn't gone away. So, you know, it's definitely, definitely happening. And what we're going to see is third-party cookies uh, disappear from our toolkits. The kind of ubiquitous digital marketing approaches that relied on them are rapidly going to become obsolete. And our research shows that companies and customers disagree about the utility of cookies. Uh, even though about 78 to 85% of brands in the US rely on cookies to maintain sales, um, most marketers now are well advanced in 
creating strategies to um, survive beyond you know, in the in the cookie-less future. So mm-hmm. we're, we're helping, for example, over 650 leading retailers to prepare for the cookie-less future with game-changing identity technology that drives sustainable growth through first-party data. And mm-hmm. that is the biggest shift that we're going to see out of all of this privacy-driven ad tech disruption. Have other brands picked up on this? Like, are, are, are they realizing what's what's happening right now? Yeah, I mean, everyone's realizing it, I think. But, you know, uh, it was an Adweek article uh, recently mm-hmm. that showed that, a gr- that there was a growing trend in brands that see Google's delay as mostly irrelevant, right, as they've begun the process of finding alternative to third-party cookies. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, Chrome obviously represents a, a significant portion of the ecosystem, but brands have gotten the hint. They need to find another way. And most marketers are, you know, decently advanced in thinking through this as a as a strategy um whether they've you know got to the, to the where they need to be is another thing but of course google um you know I think this will be the last time they kick the, the can down the road just because I know they're torn because of the amount of money they're going to lose by deprecating uh the uh the uh the third party cookie advertising but uh, as I said the 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 impact of their business from from the legislation uh, that's being threatened, <laughs> yeah. is is bigger. So I, I think I think this is the last time that they'll kick the can down the road. That's interesting, Rich. You know, one of the things I want to call out to our audience is that we have, in fact, released a new guide to the cookieless future because yes. the cookieless future is inevitable. It is happening, and we want you to be prepared. You can actually go to www.wonderkit.co to download your copy of this cookieless future guide. In that guide, we will talk about uh, topics around how to fuel growth with first-party data. We'll also highlight a leading brand that scaled communications and increased revenue uh, using first-party data, and ultimately, we'll uncover how to scale channels to produce greater ROI, which is significantly important to uh, our brands out there that are looking to weather the storm of this impending and and looming economic uh, recession. Um, Rich, before we get out of here, again, like I said, this session was going to be, this podcast episode was going to be a little bleak. We kept it a little light, but in all all seriousness, we we do want to, and we did want to shed light on uh, the uh, looming impact of inflation and the retail recession that is out there uh, that quite frankly has is at the front steps and the front door of, of most retailers out there. I want to give this, give you an opportunity to uh, sum this up, give any final words of encouragement or advice to retailers out there that are facing these economic headwinds. Well, a couple of things. Um, as I said, treat this as an opportunity to get more efficient with the spend that you do have to drive the best return. I can guarantee you there are opportunities to do that and to deliver better results and better return on your advertising spend uh, as a a retailer. And download the Cookieless Future report, right? Not only is it dope, (laughs) but it also talks about the sorts of things that you need to do to survive the the Cookieless Future and build uh, your business around first-party data is also the same set of things that you can do to increase the efficiency for, you know, say the bottom five or the bottom 10% of your advertising budget, redeploy it in a different way that will get you far, far higher return on advertising spend and capture whole loads of first-party data, which is super important for where ad tech disruption is driving us as marketers. So don't miss out. This is phenomenal. Rich, 
again, thank you so much for joining us again today. I think you have uh, delivered so much valuable insight to our audience. I hope that you guys stay tuned for future episodes as we hope to weather this storm right along with you. We are right there at the front lines, paying attention to these trends and to these developments, making sure that we're delivering, delivering this information to you in a succinct way that you can use, take back to your team, deploy, and ultimately help drive increased revenue. So again, Rich, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Vern. Thank you. And again, that's Individuality Unleashed. See you next time.